You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. If you'd like to call in for a reading, we're at 1-800-336-2225. We're talking about Hillary Clinton and how you do want to be bothered with the facts. So this is uh, partially from the book Target by Kathleen Willey. And Kathleen Woolley, of course, was one of the women that who uh, had former President um, Bill Clinton, Clinton. Uh, forced himself on, yeah, sexually. And then it was a whole big problem. And the thing is, is in uh, testimony, uh, uh, numerous other women described the same event. Yes, described him the same way, and, yes. and neither this, knew the other one's testimony. Right. This is not isolated. This behavior. is not isolated. We no. have a um, predator. Yeah, we do. So this was our president, and then we have his uh, wife running for president. And you know, this is very revealing. What's in this book? It's sort of cold and shocking, but we really feel like you should know. You know, there's so much misinformation. And there's so much spin. You know, spin really got out of control and really popular in the Clinton administration. Of course, what does spin mean besides deceive? You deceive people, you spin it. And they're uh, professional, advanced deceivers, if I've ever seen it. In 1993, when Bill Clinton first got in, I tuned in on him and, and Hillary, his wife, and I saw real clearly all around Hillary She's going after presidency. Now, she's denied it, I don't know how many times between then and now, but clearly that's what she was doing the whole the whole line. And also, you know, way before they became presidency and any of this uh, inappropriate sexual behavior bill got loose, it was known uh, around the time they got married and they made the deal, you know, they made a political deal of what they were going to go after which was political power, and they would help each other. Bill has the charisma, and he's smooth everywhere, and they're both highly intelligent. Hillary, you know, if you want to read this book, Target, it, it, you know, a lot of the information I'm saying is from it. I got it from numerous places, but a lot from my own tune-in. You know, I can have a book say anything, and if I tune in over and over and it doesn't align, I just abort the thing and go, this is not right. So we, we have numerous ways to challenge the truth, and we're trying to get the exact truth. We're working on it. So Kathleen Willey says, uh, or I don't know if she says this, this is about her. She was a longtime, hardworking, loyal Clinton supporter. She did a lot for them for years, and then they turned on her, and, and he took advantage of her sexually. Bill Clinton, she describes in her book, as a serial sex offender. He's a philanderer, sexually aggresses on women without their consent, and there's some rapes in here. Isn't that something? And then what does Hillary do? You know, we think of vote Hillary because women's rights, and we want women to get in there, but she, of anybody, is anti-women's rights because... For political power and her political future, she has an army of PIs. It's the IGRI group. And she had them and she has them now. And they would go do very undermining things to these women to make sure that they wouldn't go public about Bill. Isn't that something? 
Uh, numerous times she would use the IRS on these people that never had the IRS auditing them no other times, and year after year they would have the IRS just plague them. Uh, threats of all sorts, being persecuted, uh, animal, their animals killed, them stalked, and much, much more. Some of it is like they'd, you know, their animal would be taken away and three uh, weeks later, three months later, their animal's skull would be put on their porch or in their mailbox. This is the kind of stuff it looks like her PIs do to intimidate these people. What happens though is these people, uh, a lot of times because they're being threatened and, you know, the threats are getting worse, they do a reverse strategy for their own protection. They go public so they have such high profile that the looks like the Clintons wouldn't risk going after them. So they're, they're afraid for their lives. And, you know, like uh, Michelle Obama said and, and uh, Dick Morris says, and numerous people say these days, I don't, I don't hear him say about other Americans as much as with Hillary and Bill, they're monsters. And I don't think think they're just saying it, you know, because it's the thing to say. They're scared. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. If you'd like to call in for a reading on a particular question, we're at 1-800-336-2225. Now, here's something I really didn't know. And this book writes it, and she's the one, she's the wife, she's the person who experienced this. Just about the same time that Clinton assaulted me on Monday afternoon, a gunshot cracked through the forest in King and Queen County, and it was her husband shot dead. The same way that Vince Foster was shot dead. Vince Foster, right before... He was shot dead, and they say it was suicide. However, the same thing as with her husband, right before he was shot dead, there was the strong rumor starting to build that Vince Foster and Hillary Clinton were having a affair. That would ruin Hillary's future, and so what do you think might have happened here? Hmm. The same day... Did you get this? Bill assaulted Catherine Willie. Her husband was murdered. And I say her husband was murdered, although it came out that he committed suicide. Why do I say his husband was murdered? Catherine Willie will tell you this. Her husband was left-handed, and they had the uh, powder stains on the right hand. And you, you try this. You pretend like you have a gun in your hand, you're going to shoot yourself, are you going to use the hand that you don't use? No way, no way, no way. Not at a time like that. So, you know, there's one thing. The other thing is, there's a thing called uh, Livor. And Livor is how the blood settles in you when you die, it will settle to the lowest area. The highest area won't have blood in it. The lowest area will have all the blood, and it, it coagulates. It gels. So this this man was uh, laying face down. Her husband was laying face down, and yet the lavore of his blood was on his posterior, his backside. So somebody had to 
move him. Exactly. So you had the gunpowder stains on the wrong hand and the lavore of his uh, blood on the wrong side of his body. They found him laying, you know, fall over forward, and yet the blood, the blood coagulated on his back. Impossible unless somebody had moved him there. Same, uh, same thing as Vince Foster, which I always felt wasn't a suicide. I, it just kept griping me, but I just didn't know what to say. Well, she gives some pretty strong evidence of, of foul play that's going on, and there's a lot more of this. There's a book called The Cocaine Candidacy that explores many of these, uh, events around the Clintons. So, that's about what I wanted to say on that. I just wanted to touch it. This book is full of all kinds of things. And, you know, in, in, uh, yeah, pardon me, Catherine Willie, but, you know, I, I didn't like her too much. And, um, uh, she seems like a cultured person, but sort of dumb in other areas, but sort of very smart in the cultured way. And, um, she's simply, not the kind of person who would write malicious stuff or BS. And so I gotta say, you know, she's not my kind of person, but she has her certain level of honor, and she, uh, she would write, uh, she would write the truth. And she did. It's in the book called Target, uh, by Catherine Willey, and I recommend if you're gonna vote for Hillary, do this and, you know, help your world out a little bit. On a lighter note, you're listening to Matt, you're listening to Master Yourself with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time. You know, um, I wanted to tell this wonderful story. We've told this before on the show, but it's such a good story. And <clears throat> this is, uh, written by, uh, Deborah McCormick and her and her parents who they're all psychologists or psychiatrists, I don't remember which. But anyway, they um a number of years ago they traveled to uh the Scottish uh to Scotland because they wanted to go visit the McCormick Castle, which was their heritage. And this was before they really knew they were on a spiritual path. Oh this is and, good. Yeah, this is really good. <laughs> and this was like their door opening, if you will. After traveling for many miles, we came upon a wide meadow where we were forced to stop. The road continued, but we were surrounded by a sea of Scottish sheep, a curious and adorable lot. They had long, shaggy coats, curled horns, and were larger than, sheep, than the sheep that we were familiar with back in the United States. The sheep began sniffing and licking the car and refused to get out of the way. Seeing that it was impossible to move, we finally turned off the engine. We then opened the car doors and prepared to move the animals out of our path. But to our amazement, they started flooding into the car. It's like uh, they're just friendly as can be. How would you like that? You're in a strange company. You don't know much about sheep, and you got all these sheep, you know, pushing each other out of the way to get in your car, squeezing you out. Within moments, we had big, woolly sheep in every nook and cranny of the vehicle. (laughs) We thought we might be spending the night literally counting sheep because there was no one in sight to help us move our woolly friends. 
We took a deep breath and accepted the fact that there was nothing for us to do but succumb to the animal's advances and make friends with them. Then, from out of the mist, came a voice of a man with a heavy Scottish brogue. He let out a roar, laughing heartily (laughs) as he came to the top of the hill and saw our predicament. Laughing. Hearing his voice, we jumped since we'd not even seen a sign of another human being for miles. As the Scottish shepherd approached us, he waved his crook with his gnarled hands and said to the sheep, You found them! To the sheep, he says this. (laughs) My little kids, you found them. After his brief exchange with his sheep, he turned to us and said, My sheep tell me that you are on the path. They want to go home with you. But I have told them that you live a long way from our hillside village. They know you are unusual people. At first, our first thought was, What path? (laughs) Could he po- Look around to see a path. <laughs> could he possibly be talking about? All we were for cer- all we knew for certain was that we were delayed, tired, and at a dead end. In his heavy accent, the shepherd asked what we needed. We explained that besides being waylaid by a sheep, we were lost. We had taken a detour and had somehow gotten off the road. He smiled and said, "You're not lost." You've come to the right place. I have been waiting for you. My sheep informed me you were coming. Please stay and have something to eat. I will send you on your way tomorrow. Isn't that something? Isn't it? Welcome. We've been waiting for you. My sheep told me you were coming. Isn't that something? Intrigued by his hospitality and playful demeanor, we accepted his offer. That night, we were put, uh, put up as guests in this tiny village. We conversed with a long, with a host long into the wee hours of the night. He told us about stories about the Celts and the Hebrides, opening our eyes to a way of life we had never imagined until this moment. After a long and full evening of robust conversation, laughter, and a great meal, we collapsed in our beds while the Scottish shepherd continued tending his sheep. In fact, We never caught this wise man taking a wink. He possessed boundless energy and was a gentle, uh, and a gentle radiance, and he seemed to be eternally awake, always with one eye open watching his beloved sheep. Hmm. To this day, we remember him vividly, a kind, wise old man with a twinkle in his eye, who told us stories of Celtic saints and Celtic healings. He assured us that one day we would find ourselves on a spiritual journey and our lives would be very different than they had been up till then. How nice. And in fact, it came to pass. I bet he was well on the way towards enlightenment. You know, you even wonder if he was physical. Yeah, you do. You know, you kind of... We've had... um, Angels and different things happen, and, and um, they—we um, don't know if they were physical or not. <laughs> we had—I mean, they look totally physical. Yeah, we had one experience where we were—we um, were driving along in a new car we had bought. This is almost ten years ago, and we never picked up hitchhikers. And this particular time, I said to Keith. 
pick up that guy. He was hitchhiking. Keith, of course, didn't believe me because we never do hitchhikers. But, but we both had eye but, contact with him, and there was something incredibly unusual. But I yelled. I was frantic. Pick him up. And Keith went, whoa, okay. So we stopped and turned around and went back, and there was nobody to be found. He was gone. He was, like, vanished. Whoop. We watched every vehicle all the way back the yeah. half a mile. He was yeah. He was gone. Boy, did we wonder what that was all about. And when we come back from this break, we'll tell you the rest of that story. Oh, please. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, We are your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time. We'll be back with more in just a couple minutes. Stay with us. (laughs) 